Praise the Lord. Please join me in a brief word of prayer. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, uh, Father God, just speak to our hearts today, Lord. Um, uh, Father God, use this uh, humble vessel uh, to minister your truth uh, in a way that's, uh, that people are able to receive it and run with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, we're continuing on our theme of knowing God and making him known. Um, we're going to be looking at Daniel uh, today, but I'll start in Romans 12, verses uh, 1 and 2, and uh, it will kind of highlight some of the things I want to bring out of uh, the story of Daniel, and it's a very familiar passage. It says in the ESV, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And, and I want to read, read that last half, I guess it would be, well, do not be conformed to this world. There is a way that this world conducts itself. There is a mindset. There is an approach. There is an, there, there are ideologies. There are things that pertain to the world that are not consistent with God's kingdom. And all of us are subject to it. We're all, we all grew up in the world. We weren't born walking with God. Are you hearing me? We weren't born walking with God. We lived most of our, or much of our lives walking in the way of the world. And as we come to God, there, when we give our hearts to God, we are immediately saved spiritually. Our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. We're, our eternal destiny is secure, but there is a work in our salvation that needs to be worked out. And a lot of that is the to the extent that we've been conformed to the world, we need to be unconformed. All right? And so we need to be deprogrammed from the world, and we need to be reprogrammed to the God's way of doing things. All right? And so do not be conformed to this world. And I would even add, do not be conformed to this world any longer. Because once we come to the Lord, we have a choice. And we've got to make the stand and make the choice that we will not be conformed to the world any longer. But we be, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Renewing your mind according to what? Not, not renewing our mind according to what we want or what we prefer or what we like, but renewing our mind according to biblical truth. God's word. What thus saith the Lord? That by testing, this doesn't mean we test God, it means we go through tests. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You know, there is a scripture in 1 John that says that we should test the spirits to see if they be of God. How many of you know we have the ability that when we hear something, we have the ability to test it whether or not that is a truth that be of God, whether it came from God or not. We have the ability to, we have the responsibility and calling to do so. And we better, we better discipline ourselves to do it because there is, there are things that are so deceptive if we don't test it against biblical truth, it sounds so good to us, we'll walk right into deception. Because it appealed to, it appealed to what we naturally, uh, our natural proclivities are. And so we can't test our own judgment. We need to, we need to prop up God's word as a thing that everything needs to be brought in line with. Are you hearing me? Okay, so this is what we're talking about. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, 
And I would say according to God's word. And that brings us to Daniel chapter 2. I'm going to do bits of chapter 2 and, and, and chapter 3. And I believe that, that, that that's who came to mind as I was meditating on that scripture. If anyone was not conformed to the way of the world, it was Daniel. The situation was as, as bad as it could get. The people of God had been laid waste. They had been uh, conquered. And now they've taken the best and brightest of the young people they've, to, to, in, to integrate them into this pagan culture. The intent is to let's indoctrinate them into the way we do things. Let's conform them to the ways, to our ways of the world. And what I like about Daniel, I'm going to try my best not to preach the whole book. What I like about Daniel from the very moment on, when he's, he and uh, what we know as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, <laughs> or some of you, Rakshak and Benny, we're going to see how many here are VeggieTales, <laughs> grew up watching VeggieTales. When he first brought him in, and to present them before the king, they, they decided to give them the best food, the best drink, everything. They didn't want to be tainted or defiled with the best of the king's food or the best of the king's wine. They didn't want to be compromised. And so they set the tone early on in asking, hey, can we just eat vegetables and drink water? And there are, you know, and their objective was to be faithful to God no matter the circumstance. It would have been easy to conform. I mean, it's food. Who doesn't like a good meal? But yet they weren't looking at it in natural circumstances. They were looking at everything from their relationship with God. I'm in this new place. I can't do anything about that. But, and I'm in a place that doesn't know or honor or love God. But you know what? That's okay. Because I'm in this place and I know and honor and love God. And I can continue to be faithful to him even in a culture that doesn't promote that. That doesn't celebrate that. That doesn't desire that. It doesn't know my God or respect him. Because God can use me. Uh, you know, I believe Daniel was always thinking, you know what? I'm here. I know God. And somehow, some way, God's going to use me. And I'm going to prepare my heart and prepare myself for any opportunity to make him known to those in this culture that don't know him. Are you hearing that? Verse 26, chapter 2. The king had a dream. It troubled him. He called all the wise men to not just interpret the dream, but to tell him the dream and then interpret it. And they said, nobody in the flesh can do this. This will only be done by the gods. That's what they said. And he said, you know what? Okay, you can't do it. I'm killing all of y'all. And all of y'all included Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Amedigo. All the wise men, the sorcerers, the charm, all those people, any, all of them who were supposed to be able to give him answers, if they weren't able to give him an answer in this area to this dream, tell him what it is and interpret it, they were all going to die. And uh, Daniel found out. He kept his cool. He got his, uh, he asked uh, one of the leaders, hey, what's going on? Why is this so urgent? They told him, King had a dream. He wants it, he wants to be told what his dream is and the explanation thereof. And he had his boys pray. And he asked to be brought before the king so that he can request a period of time to go before God Get the information that the king wants and bring it to him. 
And now we start off in 26. This is where we are. The king declared to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, are you able to make known to me the dream that I have seen and its interpretation? Daniel answered the king and said, no wise men, enchanters, magicians, or astrologers can show to the king the mystery that the king has asked. But there is a God in heaven. He's See, he's attempting to make God known. A simple answer could have been, yes, king. I can do that. But he's not trying to, he's not thinking about himself or trying to promote himself. He's always a representative of the most high God. King, I can't tell you what you want. There's no man in here who can. They were right about that. But there's a God in heaven who can. There's an opportunity to make God known. Now, in every situation in life, we can look at it in one of two ways. We can look at it as an inconvenience. We can look at it as something that is unappealing that we just don't want to have to deal with. We can look at it as a problem or an issue. Or we can look at it as an opportunity to make God known. His strength is made perfect in our weakness, right? Every issue is an opportunity. Amen? And so we have a problem here, but that's all right. Daniel sees this opportunity as an, uh, 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 this problem as an opportunity to make God known. And he gives way more of an answer than the king was asking to. The king wanted to know what he could do. He asked for this meeting. And Daniel tells him, I can't do it. No man can do it. But there's a God in heaven. Our purpose is to know God and to make him known. There's a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. And he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head as you lay in bed are these. To you, O king, as you lay in bed, come thoughts of what would be after this. And he who reveals mysteries made known to you what is to be. But as for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because of any wisdom that I have more than all the living, but in order that the interpretation may be known to the king and that you may know the thoughts of your mind. King, you're not just dreaming. God is speaking to you. God is trying to reveal to you Things that are to come. You don't know it because you don't know him. But I know it. And it's my job to make him known to you. The reason no man could tell you what your dream was and the interpretation of it is that no man knows it. Only God does. And God's communicating to you. And as, as his faithful servant, he's revealed it to me to help you understand what is being the content of it and the author of it. Are you hearing me? But I just wanted, that little blurb right there, it, 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 it kind of it crystallizes to me the point that was in Romans chapter 12 of not being conformed to the world, being renewed in your mind. You can test what is that will of God. He, he went to prayer when he heard about the problem. He told his boys, hey, let's go pray. We need to get mercy from God because I, God hasn't given me this dream. God hasn't spoken this to me. I have no idea at this current time what God has, what dream God has given the king. But, I, but, but we seek God here. We go before God. We have a problem here. We're going to go into prayer. How many of us, when we have a problem, the first thing we do is go to God and pray about it? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands because I don't want anybody to be, I don't want us to walk in judgment for those whose hands didn't go up. Those of you who do, <laughs> no, I asked the question, you know, the, those of you who do, maybe we don't do it all the time. At full disclosure, I should do it all the time and I don't. And I regret it when I don't. So I'm not just preaching to you, I'm preaching to me as well. This is convicting me. 
that the first thing we need to be doing is going to God with our problems, going to God with the issues of life that we are confronted with and seeking his wisdom, seeking his will on the matter. Scripture says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not, right? So it's like that, that we're, 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 we're commanded to do that. If you lack understanding, Daniel lacked understanding here. What did he do? He went to God to gain understanding. And when he did that, he was able to make God known. In a problem nobody else had a solution to, became an opportunity to make God known. And the king got his answer. And because of it, the king ended up giving God a shout out. Amen? He still didn't know God personally, but he knew the power and ability of Daniel's God. Daniel presented him as only someone who knows God can can present him. And you have that same ability to do that in every situation you're in. You have power in Jesus' name. Um, skip on over to chapter three. Now, the king Nebuchadnezzar, after Daniel gave them, gave him the interpretation of the dream, he, he praised God. He gave glory to God. He promoted Daniel. Daniel, and he, he, he was besties with Daniel. Daniel was all right with him for a chapter. And in the very next chapter, we have a situation. The same king who was giving glory to Daniel's God in chapter 2 decides to give himself glory (laughs) and erect a golden image and everybody's supposed to worship it. All the wise men, everybody from every province and, and precinct, everyone's supposed to worship this thing. And the king is told that Daniel... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are disobeying the king's order. And we pick it up in verse 13 of chapter 3. Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, he had them bring them to him because he wants to confront them on this. And he's going to present them an opportunity to compromise their stand and their walk with God. In furious rage, he commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, I got one question. Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I've set up? I don't know what happened between that sentence and the following sentence. I don't know if that was what they call a uh, rhetorical question. But he goes right into it. Now, if you're ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music to fall down and worship the image that I've made, well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God? Now, see, here's the thing. All right? Now, in chapter 2, we just saw what Daniel's God can do. In the very next chapter, he was like, okay, I'm going to give you an ultimatum. All right? You can either bow or burn. Now, now let's see how strong your conviction, the convictions of your faith are. Because I have the power to make you bow or burn. You know, there, there is no, uh, no, no court that you can appeal in. I'm the king. And you will do what I tell you to do or you will face the consequences. And, and what God? Who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? What God can do anything about it? He did not know it, but he set his own self up. 
So your choice, this is your ultimatum. This is what the world offers you. You're going to have to conform. And if you don't conform, you're going to have to pay the price. It's only an A or B option. They never consider C. And whether they consider C, the C option or not, we, we should always consider C. Because C involves God. Right? There is a king in heaven that outranks you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, they didn't even have to say that, but he gives them that ultimatum. And sometimes in life, in the world that we live in, that is what society offers. Bow or burn. And that can be government, bow or burn. That's the authority there. But it can be our own cliques and groups that we affiliate ourselves with. If you're going to be a part of this, then you're going to have to play ball and you're going to have to conform in this way. And it's up to us to prioritize our relationship with God above what the world offers us as far as the ultimatum of conformity. Not just the entities that we are diametrically opposed with, but also the ones that we voluntarily joined up with. Because all of those, whether we hate them or like them, unless their objective is to truly honor God, at some point you're going, at some point you're going to run afoul of them if you're walking with God and what they're doing is not walking with God. Are you hearing me? And so here we are, the same guy who looked up to him is now giving him an ultimatum, burn, bow or burn. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Let's go on, verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. You know, he's looking up and he's like, look, we're just going to come out with it. Um, We're not going to bite our tongue. Um, Don't waste your time uh, with another ultimatum (laughs) because... you know, there's no need to answer. The only answer that the only answer for us is we're going to honor God. If that means the fiery furnace, so be it. But I tell you what, King, you remember that God I told you back about back in chapter two, who's a revealer of mysteries, the one who told me your dream and the interpretation thereof. That same God, I'm still trying to make him known to you. That same God is able to save us from the fiery furnace. No, So you're turning up the heat, but our God is still able. I want, I want you to hear that because these days that we live in, my goodness, uh, 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 you can go down that rabbit hole and just lose all hope and all faith and, 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 and you could be in, in, in such a desperate state of mind that you think, well, desperate times require desperate measures. And, and, and we're thinking from the carnal perspective and forgetting the fact that our God is able. Sometimes we try to remove the fiery furnace, but, but, but God doesn't want the fiery furnace removed. He wants to reveal himself for who he is through you going through the fiery furnace. And we've got to be willing to go there with God. God didn't deliver them 
from Babylon. He didn't deliver them out of, out from under that oppressive regime. What he did was show himself, reveal himself above the king. There are powers granted to authority and people aren't always going to use that authority for good. And we can stress about it. We can lose our minds about it. We can whine and complain about it. We can try to do whatever we can to resist it or we can take it to God and remember that there is a God in heaven. There is a king of kings. There is a Lord of lords. That even this authority is subject to. Are you hearing me? Now, the Bible says it. We read it. Do we believe it? Is it a settled issue in our hearts? If it's not, then what are we doing to make it a settled issue? Right? Because at some point it's going to have to be settled that, that, that God really does run all this. God really is all powerful. He really is all knowing. He really is omnipresent. He really is above all things. That Jesus' name is a name that is above all names. Right? And that, and that our, and, and that our God is in control. And if he allows it, then it's his will that 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 it happened, and he's going to help us walk through it. We're not only going to endure it, we're going to be given opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to make him known. This stuff that we read, this stuff that we proclaim, we really believe this. This is not just, you know, this is not just words that we say. This is not just stuff that we quote. This is life to us. And when the rubber meets the road, when, 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 when this world offers these ultimatums to bow or burn, we're not going to choose bow. We're never going to choose bow. We're going to choose to be faithful to God. And if that faithfulness to God means burning, glory be to God anyway. But we believe he's able to save us from it. So we're not going to let the threat of it be the thing that determines the decision that we make. Are you hearing me? So basically, he's like, oh, king, you poor thing. Save your breath. Our decision is made up strictly based on our relationship with God. And after that, how many of you know King Nebuchadnezzar was not pleased with that response? He called his mighty men. He didn't just light the furnace. He, light, he lit it up seven times hotter than normal. And so that they couldn't squirm away, I guess, they bound them up and threw them into the fiery furnace. Even the people who threw them in there, it was so hot, they died. But Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the fire and did not burn. They were thrown into the fire, but they didn't go into the fire alone. You might be in the fire. It may feel like you're in the fire, but you're not in the fire alone. You might be in the fire, but God's presence with you in the fire will preserve you in that fire. You might prefer not to be in the fire, but God is going to use the fire to make himself known. So they're in the fire. They're not burning. Verse 24 says this. If we skip on over there a few verses, then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, now, did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, true, O king. And he answered and said, but I see four men 
unbound. We threw the three men in there bound. I see four men in there unbound, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like the son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning fiery furnace. He declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God. Oh, somebody's tune has changed. It's amazing what God can do, right? Somebody's tune has changed here. Now, your God now, we're not even lumping him into the same category as all the other gods now. Now I'm even saying servants of the Most High God. Because I'm seeing stuff. I'm, I've just seen something that I, none of my gods can do. So now we're establishing a order. <laughs> now, now we're establishing that the God of these Hebrew boys is the most high one. All these other, all these other ones are pretenders. This is came out of, this came out of the mouth of a man who's in authority and doesn't know God. And all they did was stay faithful to God and, and, and didn't burn. Right? They were in the fire and didn't burn. You know, they were responsible for remaining faithful to God. But the fact that they didn't burn and they survived it was all God. They did what they were supposed to do. God did the rest. Are you hearing me? We don't have to be afraid to engage in a way that as long as we're engaging in a way that, that properly represents the kingdom of God. We don't have to disrespect authorities. We don't have to badmouth people. We don't have to play the game like the world plays it. Sometimes we might feel like we've got to fight fire with fire. We've got to eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. No, we don't. We got to obey God. What does God say? Because he's the one we answer to. Right? And so all they did was say, hey, you know what? We can't do that. <laughs> we serve one God. And whether he saves us from you or not, He's still God, um, so do what you got to do. And when that king threw them in the fire, he ended up pulling them out. And uh, I got to read that again. He told them to come on out, and he said, Servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire. And the satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had not had any power over the bodies of these men. I love those men. I love the way that's phrased. They were subject to the fire and that they were thrown in it, but the fire had no power over them. You know, whatever your proverbial fire is in your life, despite what it feels like, it has no power over you. The same God that saved Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel from perishing in the fire will preserve you in your fire so that you won't perish. We don't have any reason to be afraid of being tossed into it because we're not going into it alone. Three men went in there bound. God, you know, the Lord didn't, didn't just go in there with them. He unbound them. He freed them. So they were in the fire, but they were loosed in the fire. They were in the fire, but they were unbound in the fire. Just because somebody's going through it doesn't mean that they are bound up. Doesn't mean that they're defeated. Are you hearing me? Circumstances are not what we need to be looking at. Uh, we, you know, we need to remain in faith and recognize that there are times when God is going to put us in unfavorable circumstances because Somehow, some way, he's going to work those things out for our good in a way that's going to reveal an aspect of himself that those who don't know him need to see. And are we willing to go into the fire with God in order for that to take place? That's what we have to ask ourselves. Are we willing to go into the fire for God? If that be what's necessary, if God deems that necessary, in order for an aspect of him to be revealed to those walking in darkness and don't know him. So you don't have to be like me up here. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be in a, 
an, an evangelist. You don't have to be a missionary uh, to a foreign country and all that to, to make God known. Sometimes making God known is standing when others are bowing. Sometimes making God known involves us not compromising. When others have been given an ultimatum to compromise and they, they've chosen compromise, but here we are. If we're, it, it, when their knees buckled and we're still standing strong uh, on, on the word of God, we're standing strong and being, de- declaring that we're going to be faithful to God, even though we expect there to be consequences, we're going to remain faithful to God. How many of you know that when other people are compromising, those that aren't compromising stand out? And when we stand out, there is an opportunity there. Eventually, an opportunity presents itself to make God known. Why? With everybody, it would be easier and you would be judged less if you just conformed and went with the stream. Why are you going against the stream? And that's a perfect opportunity to witness. Are you hearing me? And that's what they've done. And it's not even the smell of smoke. They couldn't even tell that they had been in the fire. Every time I barbecue, man, you can tell I barbecue. It probably smelled like I was on the grill. But they were in the fire and they didn't even, you couldn't even tell. There was no smell of having been in the fire. Not only they didn't burn, but their clothes, hair, nothing burned. And here we go. And I want to finish with these last couple of verses. And I I want to uh, address them separately. 28 and 29. And here, can I stress this enough? When we how important it is to not be conformed to the ways of this world. You know, imagine what witness it would be today if divorce rates weren't as high in the church as it was in the world. Don't take that as a condemnation if you've been a divorcee or you're a divorcee right now. I'm just saying, right, if, if, if we did things you know, if, if porn wasn't an issue in the church as bad as it is in the world. If unfaithfulness or lack of character wasn't an issue in the church as much as it is in the world. We ought to be peculiar people. Right? And so if we're going to, if we're going to proclaim the name, then there has to be conduct emanating from us that is that, you know, that champions the name, that is consistent with the character of the name. We ought to stand out because if we don't, then we're, that means we're compromising and we're conforming to the world in the way that we think, in the way that we conduct ourselves. That's the way, you know, that's the way of the world. That's the way things are. So I don't want to get taken advantage of. So we, we justify and we compromise certain things instead of making a stand on, the, on the, what we know is true in the word of God and, and, and letting God uh, make things happen for us. They resisted the ultimatum and they stood with God. As a result, God did what only God can do. And, that, and, and then, as a result, verse 28 happens. Nebuchadnezzar Without being proselytized, without being, I mean, he didn't get preached to. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him and set aside the king's command. He said, look, their God, Delivered them. They put their trust in him. When I told them, I gave them the ultimatum, bow or burn. Everybody else in the kingdom is doing it. You will too, or you will be made an example out of. And what happened? Blessed be their God. 
He sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. There was no doubt in his mind that what they were doing when they responded to him the way that they did, they were like, you know what? We'll put our trust in God. And God might let us burn, but it won't change the fact that he's God. You know, uh, our life is in his hands, and he will do with them whatever he will. He's God. Nothing you do here, even if we burn, nothing you do here changes the fact that he's God. And I know him to be real. I know him to be true. I know him. I walk with him. And what I know of him, I cannot reject him. I cannot bow the knee to something I know is not God when I know the real thing. So we're going to put our trust in God. And either he'll let us burn, or but I tell you what, our God is so powerful. Our God is so able. You can put us in there, and he can keep us from burning. And he went on and said, and he will deliver us from your hands. So I guess he spoke prophetically there. But he said, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted in him, and he set aside my command. I yielded uh, and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any God except their own God. Let that be our testimony. I said, let that be our testimony today, church. That somebody in the world, whether it's an authority figure or not, can look at how we conducted ourselves in the most difficult of circumstances and recognize that we put our trust in God. And that God delivered us and that we yielded up our bodies, we would, we would be willing to, to be martyred. Rather than serve the flesh or serve an idol or serve the, or be conformed to the world in a way that is contrary to our God. That's the challenge for us today, y'all, because we are being challenged in from from left and right. We're being we're, we're being challenged on all sides. You know, make it happen. Do your own thing. This is the way you ought to do it. fix it. You know, uh, 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 dog eat dog. This is a hard world. If they're going to fight that way, then you fight the way you, you fight the way they fight. And you know what that does? You know who that leaves out? God. And yet. We claim to be fighting for God. How in the world can we be fighting for God if we're not taking direction and instruction from God that we're walking in faithful obedience to? Are you hearing me? I mean, if we're going to be the church, if we're going to talk it, we might as well walk it, right? I mean, if we're going to proclaim it, then we need to be about it, right? And so, and so that's the challenge. And, and if we do that, God is not a respecter of persons. The king came to this conclusion based on observing the mighty works of God. That, huh, these guys remained faithful. They remained obedient to their God. Despite my ultimatum. And wow, look at what their God did. That'll preach better than a sermon. And then he goes on, and he, he, he was so moved and so inspired, he took a certain action. He said, therefore, I make a decree, any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb, and their houses laid in ruins. And here's what I love, for there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. Are you hearing me? <laughs> I mean, if we're will, if we'll be willing to make that stand, not compromise the actual unadulterated true word of God. Not, you know, not you know, not not anything that is a counterfeit of it. You know, we don't want to bastardize the word of God. We want to make sure it's true and adulterated word of truth. We're going to take God's command 
take what God's word says, and we're going to be doers of it. And when, the, and when we find ourselves in compromising situations, every problem, we're going to remember, every problem presents an opportunity to make God known. When we find ourselves where we have an ultimatum, where in our own life, it may not literally be a fiery furnace that we are being tossed into, but the, but the choice is the same. Bow, bow or burn. In every situation, we're going to take it to our God and we're going to pray. Because our life is not our own, right? We don't, we, we don't get to uh, declare him Lord and then be Lord of our own lives. All right? We don't get to declare him Lord and not let him be that in reality <laughs> in our lives. So if when we get confronted with situations like that, we need to be disciplining ourselves that we're going to go to God and we're going to go take this issue before him. And we are endeavoring to hear God. God, what is God saying to us? Y'all still awake right there? All right. What is God saying? God speak. God speak. Because the situation is not whether about, it's not about whether or not I personally win or lose here. Um, the game is so much bigger. I don't want to play checkers in a game of chess. God, you may intend to do something here that I don't know. I may not see, I may be looking through a glass dark dimly. I may not see the full extent of this. So I'm going to go to you because if, if I'm in this situation, there's a role that I am to play that's a part of your divine will and purpose and plan here. So let us learn from Daniel. When he got his, when he got his friends to go pray, I don't know what's going on here, but the king's got a dream. I don't know what his problem is, but it's troubled him so bad he can't even sleep. He's lost sleep. He doesn't know what it means, but he knows it's, it's some kind of harbinger of troubled times to come. Make no mistake about it. God has, um, you know, God has troubled his heart. This dream that he's being, he has, we believe God's given it to him. Let's go to God. Let's ask God to to reveal truth to us, reveal the dream and the interpretation thereof. As impossible as it is for us, nothing is impossible with God. God's doing something here. We don't know the full picture yet, but apparently there is a part for us to play here. And, and let's go before him, get our marching orders so that we can play our part. It's not about whether we win or lose it's not about whether or not we burn. We, we, we get to, need to get to the point where the win is redefined. It's not about whether or not we are up or down. It's about whether or not God is made known. That, that's the win. And if, and if we have to lay our lives down for that to happen, then praise God. To be absent from the body is to be present with God. Amen? You know, martyrdom is not losing if that martyrdom was done, you know, in the effort to make God known. Are you hearing me? And so, um, that's what, to me, that's what uh, makes Daniel such a great example. Um, he wasn't like a Paul or a Peter who would stand up and, and preach the truth and so forth. But he was a young man who knew who the true God was. 
and was uncompromising in his honoring of that God and walking with God. And even if he was committed wholeheartedly even to the risk of his own life. And so, uh, you know, Paul even said it. Paul's conviction is, uh, you know, I'm crucified with Christ. Yet it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. That's the attitude we need to have is that, you know what? Yeah, I'm alive in Christ. The, The old me is dead, buried with him. I'm crucified with Christ. The life I live now, oh my goodness, the life I live now, in the flesh I live by the faith. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I want to finish in 1 Peter 2, verse 9 through 12, and I want you to really take this to heart. Uh, most of you know this passage. These aren't uh, secret scripture verses that I'm bringing out today. And I, I declare this to each and every one of you who know the Lord. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. You're a possession of the Lord. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's what our proclamation is. It's not about whether we're winning or losing on certain issues. What matters is whether or not we proclaim the excellencies of our God. Because we've got to make him known because there's a day coming. That will be terrible for all who don't know him. But it'll be a wonderful day for those who do, those of us who do. Amen? That we may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Every one of you, you're God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. And, you know, they resisted the ungodly order of King Nebuchadnezzar, but Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they all conducted themselves honorably, even among the Gentiles. And how many of you know we can stand for Jesus? We can stand on the truth of God's word and and do it in a way that's honorable, Do it in a way that represents God well. Do it in a way that's loving, that expresses the love of Christ. And that by doing so, just by conducting ourselves the way God told us to in his word here, just by doing what Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did, just standing for God, just doing what's right, being respectful, but proclaiming God, making him known. You know, they weren't preaching sermons, but they were making God known in an arena that didn't know God. And I, I, and I want to, you know, I, I, I want to awaken your, 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 your mind to that, that even though you're in arenas that don't necessarily know God, whether you're on campus, whether you're at work, whether you're in your neighborhood, whatever it is, whether you're in your circles, there is always a potential opportunity for you to make God known. Uh, And young people, do not compromise under any circumstances. Do not compromise your walk with the Lord. Do not do it. Whatever ultimatums 
your society, the society may be giving you, making you think that it's either choose A or consequence B. They don't get to make that declaration over you. They didn't create you. They're not your God. So you stand on his truth and know that if the world tries to throw you into a fire, you can stand strong and watch God do what God's going to do. Amen? You can stand strong and you can let them know, hey, do what you got to do. Hey, do you. Do what you got to do. But as for me, I know the true and living God. And uh, I'm willing to face the fire if that's his will for me. Because he might let me go into the fire, but he won't let me burn. And if I got to go to the fire for you to know the God that I know, then sign me up, baby. I want, you know, God needs to be known by you. You don't realize it yet, but you need to know him. And I'm willing to put myself on the line in order for that to happen. Are you hearing me? That, that's, that needs to be our priority. Way into whatever situations we need to, and I'm going to ask you to stand. That needs to be our priority. Every one of us knows what it's like to have the temptation to conform, to compromise, to be unfaithful to the Lord, to, to, to go along to get along. And I want to challenge you as, as easy as easy. It may be an easier road to travel, but that's a broad and wide pathway to destruction. The way of God may be narrower, it may be more challenging, but it's a pathway to life. Father God, I lift up your people to you, Father God. We just humble ourselves before you. And we just thank you, Father God, for challenging us afresh in this way, Lord. Father God, your, your will for us is to know you and to make you known. And Father, uh, I pray that our hearts are open and that our hearts are being convicted to really obey you in that, Lord. That to recognize that each and every set of ears here, each and every heart here is being spoken to by God and is being challenged in this way. That it's great that we know you. You also want us to make you known. And, and, and that we won't be afraid or shy away from the challenges and the ultimatums that this world may offer. Whether those ultimatums comes from those who are on the opposite side of, of, of the societal spectrum, or if it comes within those who are we consider our cliques or our peers or, 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 or our groups or our parties, Father God, it doesn't matter where we're at. The preeminent relationship is the one that we have with you. And whether we're for it or against it, if it deviates from your truth, if it gives us an ultimatum, to conform to something that our spirit does not bear witness with is in line with your word of truth, then give us the courage, Father God, the strength, and, and, and the conviction of heart to do as Daniel and, and the three other Hebrew boys did, Father God, to make a stand for you and to be willing to face the fire and to be used of you to make yourself known. I thank you, Father God, that you are lighting our hearts aflame with this truth. And, and, and Father God, that, that that's going to reverberate in our lives and, 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 and we're going to be making those stands. And we're going to no longer allow ourselves to be conformed to the world's way of doing things. We're no longer going to justify 
what should not be justified. We're going to go to you. We're going to hear from you. And we're going to stand on the word of truth. In obedience to what you have commanded. And we're going to trust you as they did. And watch you do what only you can do. Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise. And I ask your blessing on us all as we go, Father, in, in, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.